0: Hi, this is Natalie Hoffman of FlyingFreeNow.com, and you're listening to the Flying Free Podcast, a support resource for women of faith looking for hope and healing from hidden emotional and spiritual abuse. Welcome to episode 127 of the Flying Free Podcast. Thank you for joining me again this week. If you're new around these parts, I want to invite you to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you've been around for a while and you haven't left a rating and review yet, I would kneel down and kiss your feet if you did. Okay, I probably wouldn't do that because it's kind of weird, but I would be really thankful. We've had some amazing reviews come in lately, and (laughs) this one is one of my very favorites. Do you know what the heading was? She wrote, Abuse Haunts... But Natalie is a ghostbuster. I busted out laughing when I read that. Anyway, this is what she wrote in her review. Forgive me, Natalie, for waiting this long to write a review of your amazing podcast. My friend has been processing through a difficult divorce, and she told me about you over a year ago. I started listening and realized how I've been haunted by unresolved trauma from my own abusive marriage, finally divorced in 2014, which played out in my thoughts and defensiveness toward others as I wanted to control them to avoid more pain. Your clear and specific guidance on issues dealing with relationships and communication has been indeed freeing and life healing. The information given in these Gold Nugget podcasts is so rich. I can only imagine how beneficial your groups will be. Thank you for using your painful experience to help others navigate through, distru- through destruction to a bright, hopeful future, sending love and genuine gratefulness. Thank you so much for taking the time to write that review and also for giving me some laughs. That heading, that was, that's like, I think that's the number one favorite heading for me. Okay, last week in episode, (coughs) excuse me, in episode 126, I talked about what I would do differently in my former marriage if I had a do-over. And I gave three things. So the first one was that I had tried to force my husband to change. And if I had to do it over, I would have accepted him the way he was and made the decision to leave a lot sooner. Secondly, I continued to submit to him while simultaneously trying to evolve myself. And if I had to do it over, I would have submitted to God and continued working on my own self-development. Submission to God would have meant creating a lot of waves and discomfort, But then I would have seen more clearly the need to get out of that environment much sooner. And number three, I asked for the support and help and validation of others, thinking that I needed permission to live my adult life. And if I had to do it over, I would have stopped seeing myself as a child, and I would have lived into who God created me to be as an adult woman, taking responsibility for my own life, and make decisions that reflected that personal responsibility. So again, if I had done that, I would have seen sooner the necessity for leaving that relationship. So I talked about that in episode 126, and if you want to hear all the details about that, you can certainly go over and listen to that by going to flyingfreenow.com forward slash 126. In today's episode, I want to talk about what I do differently in my former church. Now, I made three mistakes as a church. I probably made a lot more than that, but I'm just going to talk about three. Three mistakes as a church member, and I made the same three mistakes in both of the churches that I was a member of during my adult years. I was a member of one church from 1989 to 2003, and then the next church from 2004 to 2015. And and that last church, I sent my official letter, letter of withdrawal from membership, and that letter was rejected because they said that I was, quote, in sin, um, because I wouldn't be reconciled with my estranged husband. Um, So, I sent that official letter of withdrawal in 2015, and then that church officially, they they refused to accept it, but they officially and publicly excommunicated me two years later in 2017, just before our divorce was final. So, fun times, huh? All right. So, what were the three mistakes that I made? First of all, I disconnected from learning resources outside of those denominations, as was recommended by the leaders in those churches. Hmm, I wonder why. And I limited all of my learning to theological viewpoints held by those leaders within that subculture of Christianity. Now, number two, I did this because I had a hierarchical view of human life that revered men over women and leaders over laity. And I believed the leaders were my authority and that they spoke for God into my life. So to reject their advice or their opinions or their input was to reject the word of the living God. Does anybody see the problem with this? Okay, number three, I had a low view of my own worth before God, and I believed my worth would be proven by cooperative submission to white male leaders and their wives. I quite literally viewed them as bigger and better than me, even the ones who were two decades younger with a lot less life experience, ministry experience, and biblical study under their belt. Now, the one main issue that sums up all three of these mistakes is that I was not self-differentiated. Self-differentiation, according to one online definition, involves being able to possess and identify your own thoughts and feelings and distinguish them from the thoughts and feelings of others. It's a process of not losing connection to yourself while still holding a deep connection to others, including those that you love, whose views may differ from yours. So, the universe between my ears, that's my brain, was not self-differentiated to the degree that it should have been. I allowed the opinions and the beliefs of others to engulf and become my own. I was often confused because those opinions and ideas contradicted some of the things that I also believed about God and the Bible and how God related to people. But because I had been raised in a matriarchal home, I know, I know, the irony is not lost on me, but it was thick with dispensationalist theology and black and white simplistic thinking, this was literally my programming. It had been baked into the fabric of my essence, so while the Holy Spirit was evolving my own spirit and bringing me along my own journey, I was constantly coming up against this deeply seeded programming from my youth. Now, in the years since then, I've done a ton of personal work on this programming to rewire it, changing my brain first, and then my life has followed. Everything we create for ourselves in our lives starts with the thoughts in our brains, 95% of which are non-conscious until you do this work. That's why it's so important. This is the work I do with the women in my programs. I help women go from being victims of their programming to reclaiming their adult individual selves. And when they do this work, their lives change, and they are able to more effectively influence other vulnerable people in their spheres of influence. We are about the same work of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who changes the world Not by coming and taking over, but through one human at a time. And you know who that starts with? What human does that start with, you guys? It starts with you. And that change is only possible when you live into who God made you to be. When you live into and take responsibility for your own personhood and not the personhood of someone else, whose responsibility, by the way, it is theirs, not yours. Okay, so here's what I would do differently in my churches now with my new programming. Number one, instead of disconnecting from learning resources outside of my denomination and limiting all my learning to theological viewpoints held by the leaders within that subculture of Christianity, I would, and I do now, branch out and open up to learning other perspectives and theological viewpoints. I would take personal responsibility for what I put into my brain and not rely on someone else being the gatekeeper, kind of like a mommy and a daddy situation of my brain. When we do that, when we put that responsibility on another person, then we can easily blame them for keeping us stuck and the bottom line is that they're not at fault. I'm sorry, but we are adults and we are responsible for all of our learning, who we learn from and what we learn, and then what we want to keep and what we want to spit out, right? And they are, we. oh, I'm sorry, and then we are responsible for what we do with that learning. Nobody else. Now, does that mean that I beat myself up for not knowing what I didn't know back then? No way, Criticism and beating yourself up is unmotivating. Nobody thrives and, and under, you know, condemnation and criticism. What it means is that I hold compassionate and curious space for who I was while continuing to move expectantly forward into who I am becoming. I sincerely hope that five years from now, I'm going to be able to look back to, on this time and do another podcast on what I would do differently if I could go back to this moment in time. I hope that we're all changing and growing and learning and evolving more into the version of ourselves that God intended when He created us. Along the way, this means that we're going to be taking risks and making tons of mistakes. And all of that is good and right and okay. It's part of growing up. So if I were to go back, when someone would say, oh, never read anything by Rachel Held Evans, she is a heretic. I would have immediately gone out <clears throat> excuse me, and read one of her books to see for myself just how heretical she actually is. And I would have loved her message and her heart. I would have recognized a soul sister in Christ. If I, I think most of the people that told me not to read her I had never read her either. If I were to go back when someone told me, There is nothing you can do if your husband is abusive. The Bible says a wife must stay and submit until you or he dies. Period. A pastor actually told me this back at the very beginning of my marriage. I would have gone out and studied that for myself instead of just taking their word for it, and I and and staying for twenty three more years. All right. The second thing that I would have changed is my hierarchical view of human life that revered men over women and leaders over lady. I would no longer believe that the leaders were my authority and that they spoke for God into my life, or that to reject their advice was to reject the word of God. I would have known that this is actually what the Bible says is the consequence of sin in, generous, in Genesis in a woman's life, that Eve would no longer look to God but would instead desire the approval of her husband over God. And instead of that, I would be invested in breaking and reversing that consequence in my life by turning my heart back to God and revering Him over white men in suits and ties and white women in floral dresses. I would change my stance and my attitude from that of a submissive puppy to that of a raving lunatic? No, 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 no. To that of a loving, curious, and compassionate queen. Because that is who I am in Christ. And I can have compassion on the white men and women and the fact that they impose their rules and regulations on others. Why? Because they lack self-differentiation and shame. Not because they're living in the fullness of their potential and freedom and love in Christ. Because I would know that folks who are living in the fullness of their potential, will always extend that same love and freedom and potential that they are living in to those around them. We cannot give to those around us what we do not possess. Instead of a hierarchical view of humanity, which is rooted in humanism and man-made desperation for power and control due to high anxiety, I would view humans as equals, regardless of gender, social status, nationality, or race, and I would live into that, seeing myself as separate from others while still working toward healthy connection and personal development and growth. That would mean that when a pastor says, I don't know God, instead of shaking and becoming devastated or angry, I would feel compassion for his inability to see truth or to know the God who knows me and him alike. This would mean that when I was told that I wasn't submitting enough to my husband and that I was scaring him with my own personhood, with being who I was, instead of trying to be smaller and fitting into their template of the perfect Christian wife, I would be able to have compassion and hold space for their lack of insight into seeing the amazing humans around them the female lights who were made to shine and share Christ in all the same powerful ways men did, and how this lack of insight on their part kept these white men from growing their churches and being the hands and feet of Jesus in the, their communities and in their corners of the world. How their ideas and grasping for power actually had the opposite effect and neutralized both them, the gospel, and the shining female lights around them. How one day God was going to see those shining lights free from the bushes of the white men so God could continue to change his world through his precious sons and daughters who were in alignment with his spirit and not just stuck in their own ego-driven agendas. Number three, the third thing I would change is my low view of my own worth before God which kept me from realizing my full potential as his daughter on this planet. I was afraid. Afraid of rejection. Afraid of disappearing. Afraid that my life had no meaning. And I had been indoctrinated with the idea that I would be accepted and seen and loved and I would have meaning if I submitted to the agendas of white men If you only take away one idea from this episode, let it be this one. There are two things in this world that are opposites, fear and love. Well, there are a lot more things than that that are opposites, but the ones that I'm going to talk about right now, fear and love. Where you have perfect and complete love, you have no fear. And where you have fear, you have no perfect and complete love. Perfect and complete love is who God is. Is the Bible says God is that love? It is His essence. Fear is the opposite, fear is the enemy. Fear is what keeps us from God, and it's what keeps us from our life that we were meant to live and who God intended us to be. Now, I was forced to look that dragon in the face when I realized that it was going to be either God my church. And I knew it was a dragon telling me to pick it, lying to me that the church was God in my life. The church knew best. The church was my authority. Power, control, manipulation, threats, fear. I finally recognized it for what it was, spiritual abuse. And my God was no abuser God I had to choose. And I chose to walk away from that church. You can read more about that journey if you go to my website, which is flyingfreenow.com. In the search bar, if you search Bethlehem Baptist, you'll see my, um, my article about why they're an unsafe church for people who are in an abusive relationship. So, I started seeing them as like children in a sandbox. And I Um, Well, this is what, I'll I'll just say this. They were like these kids in the sandbox watching a friend walk away and saying, you can't just do that. We decide who walks away and who doesn't. We will excommunicate you because we are in control here and you are not. And we want everyone to know it. And then they throw sand at the friend walking away. Now, I've had a lot of women in my program who've gone through this. And I always tell them, you know, it's like you're the teacher, walking away from the kids in the sandbox. It doesn't have to bother you all that much because you're headed to the teacher's lounge where you can have an intelligent adult conversation with other adults over a cup of coffee. Let the kids have their sandbox. That's okay. Maybe they'll grow up someday, but that is not your concern. Your concern and your responsibility before God is you and your self-development. Now, in order for us to feel like the teacher instead of a rejected child, we're going to need to start thinking and believing, starting in our brain, that that's who we are, that we are a mature adult woman. And we need to start living into that. If you're anything like me, you kind of think of yourself like a child. And if your brain is programmed that way, which, by the way, is the way that cultish communities and totalitarian governments like their people to be programmed, because it keeps the people controllable, okay? So if your brain is programmed that way, your challenge is going to be to do the work, to reprogram your brain. The women who have been in Flying Free or Flying Higher, those, those are my two programs, for any length of time, they're going to tell you that they feel like they are growing up for the first time in their lives. They are becoming their adult selves, I'm telling you, it feels so good. It not only changes your life, it changes the world. I recently recorded a video. It's a butter, we call them butterfly stories. For every month in the Flying Free program, I interview by video a survivor who is out of her relationship, and she tells her story of how she met her husband, what her marriage was like, how she got out, and what she's doing today. And um, recently, I did an interview, and towards the end of the interview, this woman shared how the Flying Free and Flying Higher program had helped her. And I'd like to play a little clip of that interview right now.
1: The other thing I started doing during the um, divorce process was I started, I, I joined Flying Free and I, um, and I remember doing that first little video session, Natalie saying, okay, you're going to, you're going to go from sitting up to crawling, to walking, to running, to flying. And I thought, there's no way, there's no way. I don't see that ever happening. And then she'd say, I know you think that there's no way, but there is a way <laughs> you are going to do it. And I kept going, okay, I'm going to, and so my personality, I just dove in head first, kind of like that counseling thing. I'm like, I'm going to dive in head first. I'm going to do every journaling thing. I'm gonna answer these questions. I'm gonna watch the videos. I'm going to, and I, it almost became like Netflix. I was like binge watching the butterfly stories and the coaching sessions and I had it on in my car and it just became all this education just became so transformative for me. And so, and she was right. I was, I did go through that process and I was flying. And then when she started flying higher, I'm like well, of course I want to fly higher. Who wouldn't want to fly higher? So sign me up. I'm going to fly higher. And, um, so, so I went through a whole year of that and that was so good for me. It just instilled everything that I was learning to where now it becomes a habit. It's becoming, you know, and I'm doing all the model stuff with my kids and, um, helping them with that and being able to see. Even my neighbor across the street, we walk, and I'm like, all right, well, what's your circumstance? And what are you thinking about that? And, you know, why is that so important to you? I mean, so it's just like oozing out. And um, and so, but you can't do that unless you put the work in at the beginning. And so I just want to encourage all y'all to... To be able to put all that, um, put dive in head first and just go for it um, because it works. I honestly, I feel like I got more out of one month of flying free than I did nine years of counseling.
0: Okay, believe it or not, we actually have quite a few people who that's one of the pieces of um, feedback they give us after they've been flying free for a while, um, which is kind of exciting. If you are interested in joining Flying Free, you can learn more. All the details are at joinflyingfree.com. That's for women of faith who are still in a destructive relationship or maybe dealing with a destructive, uh, spiritually abusive church or maybe spiritually abusive parents. And then Flying Higher is for divorced Christian women who are ready to take their lives to the next level. The work that we do in both programs is really self-differentiation. We, I teach you, train you, equip you to be your adult female self. And that is, it's really, what it is, is it's leadership training, and it starts with being a leader in your own life. And then you end up being a leader in the life of your children and the life of your community and the life of your church um, and the life of really everyone that you touch. And so I hope you'll consider joining. I'd love to see you on the inside. We have a lot of fun and there is so much to explore in those programs. If you guys think the podcast is good and you like it, the podcast is like the snowflake at the top of an iceberg. Okay. So dive in and I'll see you on the inside. All right? All right. I'm all done. That's it for today. Until next time, fly free.